Welcome to the Podscape. What? Ooh, yeah. You understand, baby? Dig it? Let me tell you another thing. First name John, last name Baker. Uh-huh. Brother. Hello and welcome into another episode of the Podski. I am your host, the man of a thousand gimmicks, John Baker. And today is another top ten with AZ Jarhead. Really fired up for this. Uh, we are doing our top ten greatest tag teams of the 1990s. And that will obviously be any tag team that wrestled, was formed, won a title, all of that. It, from the years of 1990 to 1999 really really fired up for it I, lo- I absolutely love our list we also have some bonuses uh, thrown in there as well our lists are going to expand the 10 and very very excited for you to listen hopefully you checked out last week's episode of the Podski. it was the 11 minutes documentary review with Allison it's not always going to be like that we do like to do i really enjoyed that because it was something completely different from the pod ski we we like to keep things loose and fun here and you know there's obviously going to be sometimes you know where i'm going to do some more serious topics and hopefully you enjoyed that episode we're going to have more documentary stuff with allison very excited for that hopefully you're checking out that's so dolphins talk the dolphins are a very very poor subject with me and Trigatray right now, obviously, you know, we started off three and zero, and now we're we're three and two, and there's just doesn't seem to be a lot of hope. And also, my Braves lost today to the Phillies, so my sports are absolutely sucking right now. But we always got professional wrestling to bring us up, and that's what we're gonna do today here on the Podski. We are bringing AZ Jarhead back in, and he is going to also discuss our Halloween Super Show and what that is and when it'll be and all that jazz. So we'll let AZ tell us later in the show. And with that, we're going to get right into the top tag teams of the 1990s. Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Podski. We got AZ Jarhead. Welcome back in for another top 10. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Very happy to be here. You know, as, uh, as always, my pronouns are uh, heart savage. So that's, uh, that's what we're going to lead with. But, you know, I'm going to, I got to, I got to give you an update here, uh, Baker. Um, there's going to be a little bit of a gimmick change. So I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of the, uh, the AZ Jarhead moniker is going to be put to rest. Just like, uh, do you remember the, the, the greatest segment in WWF history in the parking lot between, uh, one man gang and, uh, and Akeem? <laughs> no. Well, look, man, you know, that's what it is. You know, my, I just want to be honest with everybody. You know, my, my real name is Justin Andretti. You know, all my <laughs> friends call me trouble river. So that's, uh, that's kind of what we're going to go with as of right now. Well, let's give it up for Justin Andretti. That's right. <laughs> Six, six foot high and rising, baby. Oh, and my uh, pronoun. Just like the Springsteen song, man. In case you never heard that, you know, the deep cut, you know, Trouble River. That's that's what it is. Yes. I I love it. I love uh, Justin Andretti. So now we have a uh, full gimmick change, man of two gimmicks, AZ Jarhead <laughs> and uh, Justin Andretti. That's and right. And 
so today, my or, or what we're doing is the our top ten tag teams of the 1990s, and my list is I didn't go for the deep cuts this time. I kind of just went for whatever tickled my fancy, basically. What did you do with your list? You know, before we even get into that, man, you know, I've got a, I've got, I'm afraid I've got some news here. Oh God. Uh, it's going to directly impact the, uh, the financial livelihood of, of both you and Allison. So, you know, I want you to go ahead and open up that email I sent you. And I want to let you know here, Baker, I've gotten into business for myself here a little bit. So I've, uh, <laughs> I'm going to introduce a new segment on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So go ahead and go ahead and pull that open. So, you know, here, here's the thing, man. You know, we, as most fans, we, we like to do a little fantasy booking, right? So as, uh, as owner of uh, the HSW, which is Hot Seat Wrestling, I've decided to go ahead and hire you as the head booker. So when you, uh, when you, pull, that, when you pull that email open, you're going to see two links in there. And I want you to yep. click on both of those links and get them open for me. Yep, they are open. Okay, so on that, on that first link there, um, it's, it should go to a random number generator. Yep. Okay. And the other one should go to a Google sheet that has about a hundred names on it. Yep. Okay. You got it. Yep. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, I'm going to go first here, you know, to make, to make it a little easier. So on that random number generator. Okay. I want you to set the top number to two because there's a, there's a, a category at the top of, on the top, top row. That is the uh, lower limit and the upper lower limit is going to be two. Upper limit is going to be four. Perfect. Okay. And then go ahead and hit the random number. And tell me what I got. Random number is three. Okay. So I got three, which means I got book a feud. Okay. So now I want you to set the lower number to set the higher number to one one. And give me the two numbers. Uh, 87. Okay, 87. What do we got with 87? We've got Yokozuna. Okay, that's a good one to start with. And 79. 79. Okay. Oh, my. Okay. So we got we got Yoko and Scott Flash Norton. <laughs> okay. Well, obviously, we've got two really big guys here, right? And we've got two guys who are really strong, really agile guys. Um, and I think maybe having both of them in the same promotion at the same time, there's a, there's an easy build-in feud there about, you know, which guy really is the, the big agile, the big agile strong guy. And the, and the thing that's cool about it too, is you can kind of work this in where Yokozuna is, you know, from the Orient, he's from, he's supposed, supposedly from Japan, right? And Scott Norton obviously has worked a lot in Japan. So maybe we can do a feud here where it's like, who's the real king of Japan, right? So I think the feud could be something like that where we're trying to we're trying to figure out who's who's really the, the the strongest guy the most agile big man that runs the whole that runs the whole island i think that would be a pretty good feud for a pay-per-view i think that definitely works okay let's now it's your turn bud so let's see what we got here hold on i gotta pull i gotta pull the uh number generator up here so lower limit two upper limit four all right baker you got three so you also got book a feud okay Okay. So let's see what you got here for the two guys. Okay, you got 99. Let's see. 
Oh my God, dude! You got I, I swear ninety nine. I, I swear, Baker. I swear to God, this is. I, I, I'm telling you the honest to God truth. This is. This is. I, I did not set that up. I swear to you. So you got you got Dan Barry. Let's go. <laughs> unbelievable. That's, that is unbelievable. You got Dan Barry and Hercules. <laughs> what do you got, man? What do you got? Uh, it's very obvious that this is going to be the David versus Goliath, and you <laughs> and you put Dan Barry, um, and you put Dan Barry over. Yeah, all I day, hundred percent. I think so too. Yeah, that, that I, I love it, dude. I, I love irresistible <laughs> force meets the immovable object. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing, the thing I wanted to set this up with too is that <laughs> you always get, you always get the superstar in 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 the, their peak condition. Okay, so it can be, it can be whatever you want it to be. It can be like you know Dan Barry of, of right now, where he's on top of the world, you know, like he is, or he can be Dan Barry from ten years ago, where he's just you know climbing the ranks. I love it. It's going to be, it has to be Dan Barry now. Three doors, Dan. I love it. Love it. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was a pretty good opening for, uh, for uh, hot seat wrestling. I, I thought that went, that went pretty well. Hot seat wrestling has a place on the pod ski forever. <laughs> that was incredible. Okay. So um, what I did with my teams is I just, you know, I, I love, I love branded tag teams, which you know, right. And you know, I I always kind of want to go with some of the some of the stuff that's off the off the radar a little bit. You know, I mean, I think it's it's really easy to throw out some of the names, right? Um, that everybody kind of knows. But you know, we want to we want to explore a lot of different characters that have been in this in this uh, industry over the over the past you know hundred years, fifty years, whatever whatever it is for everybody. But you know, I don't go after low hanging fruit. You know, like some other people on this podcast, I, I try to I try to go after a little, little more a little more deeper cuts. <laughs> what are you okay so you want me to go jesus (laughs) okay oh my gosh that was awesome what i don't even know how we segue just hey man you just jump right in man you you just jump right in the ring like you're like you're starting the show with a with with a hot Uh, uh, yeah i'm gonna run in just like i'm in the royal rumble uh my uh so my number 10 is Marty Janetti and the one, two, three kid. Okay. And I got that. So from when we talked about this last time in our previous countdown or top 10, I said I needed to watch more new generation and I started it and I started watching the, from the very first raw and I am now at Royal Rumble 94. And right before well, Royal Rumble 94 at the Raw Anniversary Show, they have the Quebecers, who are the tag team champions at the time. They face Marty Janetti and the 123 Kid, and they have a match where Janetti and 123 Kid get the upset. And they are only tag champions for a week. They lose it on Superstars that following Saturday. But I had to throw them on this list because it was so compelling and captivating and just seeing like their both of their buildups because Janetti was like literally in a free fall or like not a free fall, but he just like had no really didn't have a place on the roster 
And one, two, three kid was climbing the ranks very, very fast within WWF at the time. And I thought it was a weird mashup of characters that worked for one week. So that is my number 10. <laughs> All right. I love it. I mean, look, man, I, I watched some of the, uh, some of the rockers last night and even today too. And it's just, every time I watch them, you know, obviously Shawn Michaels is one of the greatest of all time, but you know, Jannetty was so good, man. He was, he was really, really talented in the ring. Just probably didn't have the, uh, didn't have the charisma to really get over, you know, in that, in that company as a singles guy, but man, what a, what a talented, what a talented superstar. He really is. Full of Jamaican jealousy. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't, don't go anywhere near a river with him, you know, but I think, uh, <laughs> Other than that, you know, he's probably probably a pretty good dude to hang out with. Uh, who is uh, who is your number ten? Okay, I've got a tie at number ten. Okay, so Ooh, here we go. So my my first my first team at number ten is going to be uh, Stars and Stripes. You know, I'm a I'm a very I'm a huge Patriot, Mark man. You know, former former South Carolina Gamecock O line great. You know, Del Wilkes. We gotta we gotta get that elite dude. We gotta get the elite. I mean, he that guy. A big guy that can move really well. You know, Bagwell, obviously, such high hopes for him early on. Um, great charisma for a young guy, right? I mean, super athletic, you know, pretty smooth. It's just a fun team to watch, man. I wish they I wish they would have lasted a little bit longer. Um, you know, the the matches, I think, um, you know, the the Havoc 94 match um, versus Pretty Wonderful is, is good. And then about two weeks after that, they, they wrestled again. Uh, where the where Stars and Stripes actually actually won the belt, so th that's a that's a good match. The Havoc '94 match is good um, for um, for Stars and Stripes. So um, then, you know, do, do you have do you have anything to say about them, or do you want me to just jump into the next team? Um, I will. Nope, I got nothing on them. Okay. Than, did, didn't Dell or is it Dale Wilkes or Dell Wilkes? I feel like Dell. Del. Yeah, I think it's Dell. Okay, uh, he is. Uh, he just got into a huge fight i think in the last year with i think it was with Ryder and hawkins on twitter for some signing or something like that or they got there was patriot heat i remember that i have no i have no idea <laughs> that's all that's all i got for that team <laughs> <laughs> all right my my second team at number 10 is furnace and lafon the k&m express so I've got, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, Doug Furness, Mark. You know, I love the dude in Smoky Mountain. He played football at Tennessee. We all, you know, everybody knows that. Um, Phil LaFawn changed his name, you know, when he got into the, into the WWE there, you know, in the, in the nineties, but you know, that's a guy that trained in the heart dungeon. I mean, they had their, they had their best success in Japan. You know, they, they, um, they had some really, really great matches, man. And they're both on, they're both on uh, daily motion. So the all Japan show um, superpower series 92 um, versus uh, uh, Kobashi and uh, Kikuchi. Um, that's a five-star match, man. And I think I think it was a, a five-star match in the Observer too. I watched that again today. I mean, super physical, man. The crowd is so hot. It's one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. It might be the it might be the best tag team match I've ever seen. Uh, but there's there's another one on there from um, Superpower Series um, '89, which is also on also on Daily Motion versus the British Bulldogs, which is really good. But I, I would say that the um, the, uh, the the Power Series '92 versus uh, Kikuchi Kobayashi is a match everybody's got to watch, man. I mean, it, it's just, it'll blow you away. And I think, you know, they, in America, their, their best match, um, you know, they took on Owen and the Bulldog at In Your House 13, which is the, the, the final four in your house is what it's called. Um, but they were in the WWF for about a year, but they tagged together for about 10 years, two years. Those are, those are two really, really good technical, physical guys that are kind of off everybody's radar in the U S for the most part. So those are, those are definitely matches I would go out of your way to check out. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so uh, moving on to uh, number nine, I have the American males. 
Love it. Love it. And uh, I have the American Males because one, their theme song is top notch. American Males, American Males. Like it's it's so fucking good. I love that theme song. And uh, you had just mentioned Bagwell. Bagwell was a part of uh, the American Males with Scotty Riggs, and they're in WCW. Not a very long run, I don't believe. Uh, they wanted to get Bagwell up and running, and then he ended up getting into the NWO and all that deal. But um, the, if you just pair like the names together of Marcus Buff Bagwell and Scotty Riggs, like how awesome of a name is Scotty fucking Riggs? Like right. that is such a great name. I'm jealous of that name. And I mean, you might, I mean, Baker, you might remember Scotty Riggs from from the Long Island trip when I bought the uh, the WCW Matchbox car. <laughs> that was the that was the crown jewel of the whole trip, man. That was that was awesome. That really was. Well, aside from Dan Barry as well, yes. but um, but yeah, uh, I I just remember watch because I started watching the Nitros and I tried to watch some Saturday Night stuff, uh, and I always loved American Males. And if you ever listen to Shivani, he always talked about the American Males and uh, just. All, all the time, you always hear good things about both of them, and it seems like Bagwell has uh, started to get his feet back from where he was because he was in a bad place and all that jazz. And but yeah, always, always do like watching uh, the American Males, and I, I can't even name like a match, which is sad, but uh, I just always liked them for some reason. Yeah, absolutely, man. That, that the theme song, unfortunately, is probably what they're remembered for the most right now. But <laughs> it, it, it really is one of the greatest of all time. That theme song. It really is. Uh, who do you got at number nine? Okay, I got a tie at number nine again. <laughs> so I got the Impact players at number nine. Okay, so just incredible, Landstorm. Um, I mean, these are two guys that, that had a you know a lot of success singles guys too, but they started to get. Uh, tagging together in, in 99 but hey that counts man you said you said all the 90s so yep, <laughs> you know they, yep. they started in 99 so here we are but I think um obviously Lance Storm you know kind of one of those unsung heroes you know he's a he's a trainer now we talked about him a little bit on the on the last show but um mm -hmm. just incredible obviously you know really good um he's kind of was kind of a, a next generation guy in ECW um, who took off had a pretty decent run too you know in the, in the WWE in the, in the early 2000s but um I think that that a really good match of theirs to go check out is the uh, the ECW Guilty Charge 2000 um, versus Raven and Dreamer, who also were you know a, a pretty good a pretty good tag team too. But that match is great. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. You got the you got Don Marie and, and Francine are involved in that too, and they're scuffling and, and there's you know it, obviously all the ECW shenanigans with that. Uh, but you know, really fun match, good match. Those those guys were those guys were awesome together. I dig it. I dig it. Who is uh, who are they tied with? Okay, so I have them tied with. Uh, the headbangers. Yeah, I don't have a ton. Of, I don't have a ton to say about the headbangers. They're they're a tag team that's a, a lot of fun. Um, they were kind of a, a great lead-in team to the Attitude Era in, in some ways. Um, you know, former WWF champs, man. You know, they don't really they don't really get much credit, um, but they were always a lot of fun to watch. Always unique. You know, they won the uh, they won the vacant belts at, at uh, in your house Ground Zero. They, then they lost in the next month at the Godwins. Um, it, uh, it bad blood, but yeah, man, really, really fun team to watch really unique and, and always kind of one of those teams that's been, that's been under the radar for a long time. Uh, one thing I will add to the headbangers is that a great friend of the show, Teddy Mongoose got me a headbangers beanie for Christmas one year. Really? And I really? believe that was a part of one of the, uh, 
uh, crates, one of the wrestling crates, pro wrestling nice. crates. Nice. Yeah, great beanie and also a great guy. Sometimes. <laughs> um, all right, moving on to uh, number eight. My number eight, I have the Hollywood Blondes. How can you not like the Blondes? The Blondes are kind of seeing like where they were at the time and then see where they went. Like the characters that, I mean, we obviously all know that, you know, Steve Austin and Pillman and, you know, Pillman went on to be like this really insane character that no one knew if he was working or if he was shooting or working half the time. And, you know, he had the injury and all that jazz. And then you have Steve Austin, who was stunning Steve Austin at this time, who was a really, really great in-ring performer and just never could get over the hump. Kind of they put the ceiling on him and then he goes to WWF, becomes the ringmaster. And then uh, Austin 316 happens and then you know he shoots the heights that nobody else has ever been in in the business so uh always like the blondes especially like the, the little gimmicks that they do with re- doing the movie reel and they were just a really fun team and it's a team that was never supposed to be together uh because I believe that Austin's talked about this in his uh plethora of documentaries but I'm pretty sure that he wanted to get a tv title run or he was going to get an actual championship run or something was going to happen he was going to get some type of work in with a title and they paired him with pillman and he was pissed about it and Pillman was like yeah man we're working together like all this and that and austin was pissed and it ended up working out and they ended up becoming a really great team uh obviously if you want to watch anything from the hollywood blondes you should watch a flair for the old uh that is you know top-notch stuff their feud with the horsemen and all that uh is great stuff in the early 90s and uh you, you just can't say enough good things about both guys it just sucks that the, the way that it ended for pillman and what could have been in the business yeah i i think you just hit the nail on the head you can't say enough good stuff i mean pillman obviously was unbelievable you know and with the the very the very short <laughs> very short ecw run and you know obviously as the as the the crazy guy in the in the wwf i mean that unbelievable heel man just so good um austin i mean i i, I know we talked about this before but um you know the way that austin is so different in the ring and just with his character and everything between um between stunning steve and stone cold i mean it's just a hats off to that guy man for for being able to pull that off I mean, it's it's really great i mean both both those characters are a lot of a lot of fun for sure to watch Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, who do you got at number eight? Okay, so I've got do a we tie. Ha- do we have? Eight. Oh my god! <laughs> so I, you know, I, I think you can't really talk about '90s tag teams without doing a little cornet uh, tribute, right? So the oh, first, the first, yeah, exactly. So the the, uh, the first one I got here is uh, Owen and Yokozuna. And the, uh, the, I think the, I think the match to watch there is, is the, is the main, is the WrestleMania 11 match where Yokozuna ends up being the mystery partner. I mean, man, he just so great for being a big dude. He came back and he was even heavier than when he left and he's still, he's still jumping around and, and doing his thing and being so agile. It's just two guys that work really well together here. And, and you know, I, I don't, like I said, I don't really like tag teams where two singles guys are thrown together. Um, I mean, hats off to the smoking guns, man, because they were really, really good. They did a great job. Um, right before the match in, in a little promo where, you know, they're selling the concern because they just found out that Yokozuna is going to be the, um, 
going to be the mystery partner. Uh, but it, but it didn't go overboard with it, right? It was just was a, a little bit of a nice touch for to show a little bit of concern on their parts, man. But the you know smoking guns are really good too. But um, you know, uh, Yoko and, and Owen held the belts for about half of 1995. Just fantastic together, man. They're both great, obviously, and they're just a, just a really fun team to, to check out. Yep, agree. Uh, who is who? Who are they tied with? Okay, so sticking with Cornette here, the Heavenly Bodies is who I got uh, them being tied up. The uh, the version here, uh, Doctor Tom and uh, Jimmy Del Rey. You know, the they did the uh, the talent exchange in the WWF and Smoky Mountain, which I'm sure a lot of people remember them for that. You know, the SummerSlam '93 match is great with them and the Steiners, and they're and they're you know selling everything for the Steiners and getting thrown around and everything else, which is which is really awesome. Uh, the Survivor Series '93 match versus the Rock and Roll Express. You know. A, a lot of people sitting on their hands during that match. They didn't really know kind of, you know, what to make of it, but just a different style of wrestling than what the, what the WWF fans were, you were used to at that time. Um, but that match was unbelievable. I mean, really fun to watch, you know, there, there's times in that match where the fans really get into it and then they kind of are a little quiet after that, but that's definitely a match to, to check out. You know, these guys are three times Smoky Mountain champs, you know, one time USWA tag team champs, just they get so much swagger, man. They look like absolute creeps. <laughs> their gear is fantastic you know I, I never i never realized until going back and watch those matches again just how just how agile del rey is man i mean jimmy del rey was a was a really agile guy in the ring so it was it was a lot of fun going back and checking him out again yeah love it and it kind of seemed like any tag team that uh cornet was paired with was really really good in the ring and just like understood tag team wrestling and i'm sure that probably was instilled in them by you know cornet and everything like that so um but yeah love it um moving on to number seven i have the steiner brothers can't go wrong there nope and the you know the steiners every they've worked every promotion all across the place everywhere it doesn't matter and they were always top guys always you know just the look they always had the look and, you know, real, real legitimate wrestlers from Michigan. Like, you just can't, you, there, what is, what's not to like about the Steiners? And, uh, you know, obviously the one that really, really sticks out for the Steiners is Super Bowl 91 with uh, Sting and Luger. That match is a really good match. Um, really just, I mean, there's really not much more to say when you say Steiner brothers, you instantly think tag team wrestling. It's just the, the physicality, man, especially the early days where they're throwing everybody around yeah. and doing amateur wrestling and everything else. I mean, those guys are, they're, they're just, they're just freaks in the ring, man. It's Scott, especially like a dude that big to be, you know, doing Frankensteiners and all, all those moves that he used to do and just made it look that effort effortless, like him throwing dudes over his head. And he's just, it looks like he's just, you know, hucking a pillow over his head. That's how easy he makes it look. And yeah, both, uh, especially Scott, just pure specimens. And people, people don't realize too, that in the, in those early days, um, Rick Steiner was, was going to be a, probably a world champion. And they were yep. really kind of pushing Rick as, as the guy who was going to be maybe taken over as a, as a major baby face in, in the NWA at that point. I mean, he, his early stuff is really good too. I mean, we, we, he's, he's a little more trimmed down, a little more agile, but I mean, just a very strong guy that just goes after people in the ring. And it's it just so, so much fun. Ho, ho, ho. Love Rick. 
Uh, so uh, moving on to your number seven, do we have another tie? We do not. No more ties. We're oh. I did. I did consider making it a bit and doing a tie for all ten. But I, I... <laughs> okay, so for my number seven, I've got the Beverly Brothers. And man, I am. I am admittedly a very big Mike Eno's mark for whatever reason, man. And he's just one of those lower mid card guys that you just, you just pop for every single time, man, when they come out, you know, and you just accept them as one of your favorites for no real reason. <laughs> you always end up rooting for them. <laughs> I've always loved that guy for whatever reason, obviously Wayne Bloom, you know, a really talented guy too. I mean, he's the, he's the dad of the, uh, the current NXT guy, Vaughn Wagner, who's, who is pretty good too. I mean, he's, he's, he's a pretty good guy too, but you know, that's another, that's another team that tagged for 10 years, man. And they were together for a long time before they ever even got to the WWF. And they, and they had a, a very big gimmick change when they got there and turned into two kind of, you know, spoiled brat, uh, blonde hair, bleach blonde haired guys. But I mean, that, that's a, it's a shame that that team never won the belts. I mean, they've got great presence, awesome colors. You know, their gear looks great. They're great heels, man. I don't know how the hell we didn't get Hasbro's from them. I'm so pissed off about that to, to this day. But I mean that. Um, speaking of the Steiner brothers, I mean that the, the match that I had here um, for the Beverly's was the Rumble '93 match where they take on the the Steiners. And that I mean, there's a Frankensteiner at the end of that match. It looks like Scotty just put Mike Enos into a casket, man. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. I, mean, I just watched that. And last I, night. I was like, what the hell is happening? I watched that <laughs> last night. And I'm like, that guy's dead. There's no way that guy. And he, <laughs> yeah. and he got up. He looked a little groggy. But, I mean, look, they were they were in WCW, too. Um, and they were kind of like, you know, Saturday night guys, kind of, you know, lower mid-card um, tag team guys there. But they were they were AWA tag team champs at one point, too. But, you know, really, really good, really good in the ring. They, they were great for what they did, you know. So a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff there with the Beverly's. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, I did just watch that, uh, that Rumble 93 match last week, and I popped huge for it because i knew i was like that guy is dead and uh but yeah moving on uh so my number six is from that same era i got the smoking guns and i they wouldn't have made my list if i haven't been watching new gen recently but um yeah like just watching them on like as they're debuting in 93 with the vignettes they are so so awesome like they are clearly not like good god like 17 motorcycles just went by my house right there <laughs> maybe they're heading to hog wild <laughs> maybe maybe we should get maybe we should head out there um but yeah uh smoking guns like just watching their vignettes as they're fly as they're like setting up with the guns and everything it's so corny but it's so awesome and i, I fell in love with it from the very ver very first vignette loved them couldn't wait to see them and obviously billy sticks out like a sore thumb because billy is just like so incredibly jacked and obviously billy gun went on to be in dx and uh new age outlaws all that and you know still going today with scissor me daddy and like just billy is awesome and uh you know the match obviously that sticks out for them is what you mentioned earlier with yoko and uh owen but yeah like just love the smoking guns if you don't know who the smoking guns are uh i i feel bad for you because i felt bad for myself for not knowing enough about the smoking guns until just last week I think they're definitely one of those teams that when you go back and watch them now, you appreciate them a lot more now than what you did then at the time. 
but I, I, you know, going back, just like you said, going back and watch those matches again, I, I really thought they were pretty good together. That, that, was, a, that was a good tag team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, who, who was your number six? Okay, so for my number six, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a lot of Bagwell here, man. There's, there's a lot of Bagwell on this show, but I got, uh, I got Vicious and Delicious at number six. So Bagwell at this point is now in the NWO. He's a heel. Um, the character is is way too over the top. You know, even even for me being a wrestling fan, the guy was annoying as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he's fine in the ring. You know, whatever. He's still a pretty agile guy. Um, Bagwell still has some heat with me over a cameo. Total clown, <laughs> total clown show with that. You know, hey man, I hope you're sober. I hope it's not. I hope it's not fake. You know, I hope uh, I hope you got back on your feet here, man. But uh, you know, you owe me one with that cameo because that was a pile of shit, and I'm gonna hold that against you. For a long time but you know look man i i personally believe you know bagwell was always way way better as a tag team guy than what he was as a singles guy i, I could just never really get into him with the singles feuds but the guy was in a lot of really good tag teams and a lot of really memorable tag teams and he's 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 the smaller guy that can that can move in the ring and do everything you need him to do um and really perform as, as the as the smaller guy but you know obviously scott norton as we already said at, at the beginning of the show you know um, huge guy, big ass kicker. Love the guy, you know, now as a heel, totally believable in every way, you know, tough guy, heavyweight, and always a threat, no matter who he wrestled against, but, you know, just a, a really, a really, you know, solid guy who, who, who was, everybody feared him, you know, everybody feared him. Everybody, he, the guy, the guy was just a big, strong guy that threw people around and he was really great. So vicious and delicious was great. I wish it would have lasted a little longer than it did. Um, the road wild match against Harlem heat is pretty good. So if you're if you're interested in, in checking out a match for them, I would go check that out. Man, what a what a weird show that was. I, I watched a lot of that last night. I didn't realize that they had um, the elevated ring, and, and it made sense because obviously the crowd is 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 real flat, right? Everybody's looking at it from like eye level, right? Um, there's no elevated seats, so so you had to kind of elevate the ring so that everybody could see into the ring. But what was really strange about it was everybody walked to the ring through the dirt and through the rocks from the back. Right. So even now, even after the first match, there's just dirty footprints all over the mat. And I'm like, can somebody not go in there and clean that? Like between, between the matches, like it was, it was really strange to, to see that, but um, standard you know, death. You would never see that. And what's crazy too, man, is that, you know, when they elevated the ring, they put mats all the way around the top of the elevated part, you know, underneath <laughs> the ring. Right. Yeah. But there was no, there was no fence or anything. So if you got thrown out of the ring too hard, you could go like 15 feet. What was really strange. Was that what uh road wild is that? I think it was, I think it was the first one because the, the, I think it was the first road wild because I believe the first oh, okay. just event was, was hog wild. Then they oh, changed wow, the baby. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there's two road wilds and one hog wild. If, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're. I, I think you're right. Yeah. I can't remember, but yeah, it was the first. It was the first road wild. I don't remember vicious and delicious, so I think I, I, I'm. I'm thinking 99. Yeah, it would have been earlier than that. It would have been like 97. Really? Damn. Yeah. How did I miss that? I don't know, man. But you got to go find it. They're pretty uh, good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, and uh, my number five. Uh, I have the Hardy Boys. Hey, there's not much. You, we could, I could talk all day about the Hardy Boys. I love the Hardy Boys. Uh, you know, complete innovators of high-flying offense and just culture icons that completely have 
um, everybody that they, everyone looked, everyone that is a tag team now looks up to the Hardys. They've they ignited a whole generation for tag team wrestling, and they're just Matt with doing the actual in, in ring, like a lot of the technical work, and then Jeff doing all the high spots and the high flying with Swanton and all that. Um, one thing I will say, one knock on them that I will say is that the twist of fate sucks and has to be the most reversed finishing move of all time because it didn't like you probably see them put on a twist of fate at some point in a match and it got reversed four times before they actually did the actual move. And um, I, I, yeah, they're still going today whenever Jeff isn't getting arrested, but I mean, you have to love the Hardy Boys. There's the, you can't say anything bad about them, other than for the fact that, you know, they can never get their footing anymore because one of them is doing something really stupid. I mean, I, I, I appreciate them for what they've contributed to the industry, obviously. I know that they've inspired a, a ton of people over the years, but um, they're not really my cup of tea in, in terms of what I, what I like in, in wrestling or, or, in, uh, or in tag teams. But, I mean, they're super, you know, super athletic guys that have done a lot, and they're super innovative, you know. So I definitely appreciate what they've, what they've brought to the table for sure. So you, you don't like spot monkeys? No, and I think my next pick is going to tell you exactly, <laughs> exactly that. All right, let's hear your number five. My number five is the Miracle Violence Connection. Do you have any idea who that is, Baker? I have zero idea who that is. Well, let me let me enlighten you here. So the Miracle Violence Connection, that's a name that was only used in Japan. I don't think they've ever used that name in, in the United States, but that is Dr. Death Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy, okay? Those oh, okay. Really, really good, believable guys. I mean, they're just too big ass kicker guys man who were so believable i mean steve williams got shit all over in the wwe you know during that brawl for all and all that goofy stuff but yeah. i mean this guy was just such a badass man everywhere he was i mean he's just they're just the physicality with these guys man i mean gordy obviously a former free bird a big super athletic violent guy i mean what a tag team i mean violence is right man these are these are two guys who look like they're going to kill somebody when they come out right and they look like they're going to yeah. kill somebody in the ring i mean that that match you got to go out of your way to, to find the match, the, the clash of champions, 19, it was in, in 92. They've got a match with none other than the Steiner brothers, man. And it's just, it's just a, a lot of amateur wrestling, so much physicality, man. You've got four of the toughest guys in wrestling history that are in the ring together. I mean, they had, they had just a, a million great matches in all Japan too. I, I mean, they were, they're awesome. Those guys are, those guys are really great. Uh, yeah. Uh, especially when your name is Dr. Death, Steve Williams, like you obviously have to back that up. And uh, yeah, really sad to see what happened to him in the brawl for all situation. Uh, we can say the yeah. same thing about Bart Guy. I mean, we said, you know, we talked right. about the smoking guns too. I mean, that, that brawl for all, it, it, it ruined two guys. It ruined Bart Gunn and it ruined, it ruined uh, Dr. Death. I mean, look, man, I, I, I was thinking about this this morning too, you know, when I was kind of going over my notes for the show, like, I, I just wonder if they're, and I know they're under contract and all that kind of stuff, but I, I wonder if there was a case to be made there where, you know, in a, in a industry where presentation is so important, right. And, and everything is, everything is kind of concocted to make things look a certain way. Um, was there a case to be made there where those guys could have um, sued the booker or, or even sued the WWE based on how they were showcased. And I only, and then look, I, I only mean that because it was, 
it was presented as a real thing. I mean, you're, you're presenting this as a real thing in, a, in an industry that is, that is built on secrecy, right? And built on everything just, just being made to look a certain way. I, I wonder if those guys didn't have a case. I mean, look, I'm not a lawyer, obviously, but I, I just wonder if, if, uh, if there could have been a, a lawsuit there that they just didn't pursue. Mm, yeah, that is something. Wow, that's a whole big bag of worms you just opened right there. <laughs> look, man, I have no idea. I'm sure there's people listening to this that, that are lawyers or have some kind of background with that. But I'm just, I'm thinking of it from a standpoint of, Everything that you're under contract and that you've agreed to do is set up to look a certain way, right? And then mm -hmm. you add this element to it that totally is not that, and it completely destroyed your whole image and your whole reputation. I mean, that, that, that to me sounds like there's something there. Yeah, that does. You're making a good case for it already. Maybe they should hire you. I mean, maybe, Steve, I mean, Stephen P. New is the only guy I know that would take on that case. So, I mean, he, maybe he's the guy. I don't know. Yeah. Stephen P. New is the man for you. Uh, okay, uh, moving on to number four. My number four is the APA. And they, this team, they, they were formed again in the late 90s. Uh, it, they are the Acolyte Protection Agency, Farouk and Bradshaw, two legit badasses, believable dudes that, like, you see them, you know you're going to get your ass kicked. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm a huge Bradshaw, JBL Mark, and I love, I love this team. And the thing that sucks about them is that they're going to be more, they're more well-known for their backstage with the, with the poker table and the door. And, you know, that they're more known for that than they actually are the in-ring product, but two legit badasses that would, that just, ooze believability in a time where you know it was the attitude era where you needed believable tag teams and they were for sure it um one one thing that uh i really like about you know obviously the the backstage segments and everything but when they had that brawl at the friendly tap uh that was actually owned by referee tim white wow, and yeah, so they basically shot that in Tim White's bar, and they tore the place all to hell, and uh, Vince ended up paying for everything, and basically Tim got his whole entire bar renovated by Vince just because of that one segment. I never heard that. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yep, that was, uh, I did a little bit of research, and I watched a documentary on the APA today, and that was one Tim of the things they talked about. Tim White, one of the one of the most unheralded uh, heroes of wrestling, you know, that never really gets much to either. Yeah, wasn't he uh, Timmy? Wasn't he um, an Andre guy? He was Andre's handler, basically. That's what I thought everywhere they traveled. Yeah, how'd you like that job? No, absolutely <laughs> not. That job had to be the worst job ever. No wonder he just went into just straight rapping. That had to be awful. And then, in his, and then his career got ended in that Hell in a Cell match with Triple H and Mankind. And that was unfortunate. But well, he tried to kill himself a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, APA, absolutely awesome team. And, you know, because if you look at somebody like Simmons, who, you know, he was the first uh, African-American world champion uh, at WCW, comes to WWF and has a fucking awful gimmick with that gladiator gimmick. Some would argue it's awesome. Uh, I, I would argue that it's awesome. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I'm just doing it based off looks. And 
you know, it, he, he went into nation of domination, which nation could be, you know, somebody in this list as well as um, a really good team too, but uh, always like Farouk. And, you know, obviously I'm a huge Bradshaw mark because JBL is the best. Yeah, maybe one of these days one of us will get the, the you know, form a tag team with the hot seat wrestling and we'll get, uh, we'll get Ron Simmons and we'll get uh, Killer Cross and we can put together the Gladiator team. <laughs> yes. Glad- yes. It was destined for greatness, the two of them. What could have been? Uh, the, the, be- the greatest tag team of all time doesn't exist until now. <laughs> uh, but who you got at number four? Okay, so my number four. I've got uh, pretty wonderful at number four. You know, obviously, I for sure, we... knew, I, I for sure knew that they were going to be on the list. I didn't even well, like I, that was the only team on here that I knew for sure was going to be on here. Well, look, I had to I had to seamlessly transition here from um, Bam Bam Gordy and Doctor Death to uh, <laughs> the pretty Paul Roma. But look, man, I, all all jokes aside, I I am a big Paul Roma fan. I, I and I'm just going to shoot at you here. This is going to be a shoot. I think that dude is legitimately talented. Do I want him as the Intercontinental Champion? No. Do I want him as a U.S. heavyweight? No. But in a tag team, man, especially with a vet, the dude is athletic as shit. He looks great. He's super cocky. He's good. And anyone who thinks otherwise, I mean, dude, look at him for what he is. Not, not everyone has to be Shawn Michaels, right? And people, people have places on a roster and fit a certain spot. The dude is super talented. He's so agile. Just, just shut up. If you don't like Paul Roman, <laughs> Shut up. You're an idiot. But look, or- Orndorff, you know, we talked about him before, uh, but obviously the guy, some of the best stuff I've ever seen in, in, in TV wrestling um, was those Saturday night main event matches, you know, with, with him and the build up against Hogan and stuff like that. The dude is fantastic. He's, he's, he's one of my top 10 most underrated guys of all time. I love Paul Orndorff. I'm always going to love Paul Orndorff. Um, you know, pretty wonderful two-time WCW tag champs. Like I said, the Havoc 94 match with um, Stars and Stripes is really, is really fun. Um, then they, they, you know, they wrestled them again at Fall Brawl 94. But look, both those matches are really good. Those are really fun matches to check out. But I, I thought, I thought the, the Pretty Wonderful was awesome. I, I always liked them when I was a kid. I love them even more now going back. And it's just one of those things, too, where, you know, you know everybody hates Paul Roma, so you end up just cheering for him even more. So if you don't, if you don't like Paul Roma. That's just only you. <laughs> people that don't like Paul Roma are just jerks. Uh, all right so we're, we're down we're down to our final three and uh my man i'm so pumped for my final three uh my final three uh at number three i'm kicking it off with dudes with attitudes and you know there's nothing more to say dudes with attitudes is bar none the greatest tag team name of all time i like it, it's so perfect and you know this was a tag team that obviously was put together because of the click and uh you know they very short-lived for obvious reasons uh you know all the gold just draped in gold the chaps with all the straps you know you got Shawn michaels who arguably is one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time i would put you know i have Shawn in my top two and it fluctuates heavily at, all the time. And you, know, you have Diesel, who is Kevin Nash, and you know was still green and er, like early in his run as a professional wrestler at this time. I would say definitely green at the top. And 
uh, you know, it kind of, I had just seen uh, like a, a, a network thing on the dudes with attitudes last night. And it, it, this was kind of at the point where Sean, you know, really did all the work basically to get diesel to the top. And then Sean was like, well, shit, I did all this to put diesel over and I'm the one that brought diesel along and he's the champion. And I'm, and I'm, I'm not the champion. I, I'm not getting anything from this. And this was kind of like after their whole, um, the WrestleMania 11 match and all that deal. And they come together and it, it's, it's a great, great tag team that for obvious reasons couldn't have longevity, uh, as t- you know, they were tag champions and it, it was short lived, couldn't do it for obvious reasons, but rightfully deserve, a. a a place at the table for 90s tag teams i feel you know i think i think again uh i wasn't big fans of those guys at the time you know i was always i was always a heart <laughs> fan always in the heart corner man always but um that's another tag team you know especially and again i like, like i said i don't really like when two singles guys are thrown together like that um two, you know two two established singles guys i don't really like when you know when Randy Orton's thrown together with like Matt Riddle, I don't care about that. Right. But <laughs> when you, when I go back, when I go back and see, um, you know, Diesel and Shawn Michaels together in that tag team, they were awesome. They were really good. Yep. Uh, who is, uh, who is, uh, number three on your list? Oh, can, uh, we're getting down to it here, Baker. We number, are. Three. number three, we got the faces of fear. Another team of just two major ass kickers, man, who were always a threat no matter how much they lost either in singles matches or in tag matches, these guys were always a threat to everybody, man. I know it, uh, Ming is another guy that, that I said was in my top 10, most underrated, love him. Barbarian. Awesome. Love that guy. Every incarnation of that guy was, was unbelievable. Um, this team, man, it's, it, it is a criminal offense that they were never, never given those WCW tag team belts. And, you know, I, I, I think that, I think I remember that they were actually on one of the WCW video games as the tag team champions, right? Because the, the plans were, the plans were to make them champs. If I'm not mistaken, then for, for whatever reason, it just ended up not happening in, in real life, but on one of those games, they're the tag champs. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think so. I, I think you're right. I'm not sure which one it is, but I think you are right. I mean, these are two guys that were just presented as being, you know, out of control. They're just looking to hurt somebody. I mean, what's, what's not to love about that. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that, um, the, the match, the match that I watched, um, even last night, again, um, the, uh, the nitro match, the February 24th nitro match. I can't remember what year it was now, but it's, it's versus Jericho and Eddie. I mean, oh my there's, God. there's just nothing that I can't even put words to it, man. The, in- Jer- Jericho and Eddie are so unbelievably talented. And they're yes. in there just bumping their ass off for these guys, man. It's just what what a fun thing to watch. Just, you know, Jericho throwing himself all over the ring. It's just, it was awesome. It was so much fun to watch that. Inject that match into my veins. Oh, it was it was great. It was every it was single day. Way better week. than I even expected. It was unbelievable. I, you know, I am a little jealous that I kept the faces of fear off my list, but they are an honorable mention on my list. And the faces of fear are so awesome. And it is a travesty that they didn't get those belts yeah i agree totally all right uh number two uh i have another wcw tag team i have the outsiders and you know when you the the outsiders are arguably the most important tag team of the 90s 
they spurned the whole war uh, that happened between uh, WWE and WCW. Um, you know, it's Razor and Nash, and they, you know, left WWF to go to WCW. They did the whole invasion. Uh, they were the uh, obviously the outsiders coming in to take over uh, WCW, and you know they they completely revolutionized the business and like the actual business part of the actual business with contracts, like getting those guaranteed contracts, and just putting on like they. A lot of people won't. People probably won't agree with me, but there I watched. This is a really deep cut. I watched a seminar. Somebody had filmed a seminar of Kevin Nash, and he was talking about their ring psychology of the outsiders and what him and Razor used to do in matches. And they basically would just try to cut everybody off and work one side of the ring and keep them always in the same corner because how do you tag in somebody else if you can never get to them? And so, like, they did a lot of corner work. And I, I never really... But until he said that, it didn't click with me. But like when he said that, that was like really smart. And I, I, I'm a huge, I mean, I'm an enormous Kevin Nash fan. I love Kevin Nash. A lot of people have a lot of heat with Kevin Nash in the business, but I think Kevin Nash is awesome. And um, just it, it didn't always translate to great in-ring product, but I think those two are some of the most important people of the wrestling business of all time. And they, I, they, I would, I would love to put them at number one, but I can't, I just can't, they, they gotta be just for me, they have to be under, they gotta be at number two. I, I mean, I, I can't say anything, anything more than what you just said. I mean, like I said, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Bret Hart fan, you know, and I know that, Obviously, those guys are Shawn Michaels guys and whatnot. But, I mean, just going back and watching um, those matches with Nash, I think Nash is pretty good. And I know he gets, he gets, a, lot of, gets a lot of grief about not doing a lot, of, a lot of different stuff in the ring. I think the guy's great for what he is, man. I mean, you got you to gotta step back sometimes. And you got to look at kind of what it is. And people play to their strengths. It's just like it would be if we were, if we were coaching an offense, right? You don't, mm -hmm. you don't, you don't run a, a double wing. If you've got a QB, they can throw the ball 70 times a game, right? You throw the football. That's what it is. So if you're Kevin Nash and you're a big guy that doesn't really know what the hell he's doing in the ring, which he didn't know for a long time, he yeah. just he did the moves he did and he was great at it. Now I don't, I don't I don't really get all the I don't really get all the criticism because you gotta you gotta kind of separate what happens in the back versus what happens on screen a little bit sometimes. And I know, you know, Nash booked himself to win and Goldberg and all that crap. I get all that, man. But at the same time, it's like the guy was a he was a big dude who sold a lot of merchandise. Everybody loved him, women included. I mean, what is not what is not to appreciate about that guy? I, I know. Like literally, like still, like, still got it today. Like he was in Magic Mike. Like he was in uh he had the movie star factor because he was in um uh, the longest yard too. Like he's been in several movies. Like he expanded, he expands well outside of the wrestling constraints. And Huge, huge star. I, 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 yeah, I would agree that, you know, you have to look past the backstage stuff. You can't hold that against him. And obviously, you know, it's the boys. Like, the, we could get into a whole topic of that, of the boys policing the boys. But I mean, look, like, look, at what, look at what Hogan's done to people. Yeah. Story. I mean, and people, people loved Hogan all those years. I mean, obviously, stuff's come out now about him, you know, 
making inappropriate comments and stuff like that about people. But you know, the thing is, I mean, how many how many people did, did Hogan bury? How many how many careers did he endless? Kill? It's yeah, endless. Exactly. But yeah, I don't understand the Kevin Nash. I I just I absolutely love Kevin Nash so much. I have a man crush on Kevin. <laughs> with that being said, who do you have at number uh, number two? Okay, well we're gonna we're going to Graceland with this one, baby. So we're going right there, rhythm and blues for number two. Okay, Love so it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot. I'm just gonna shoot. I don't care how much Greg Valentine hated this. Valentine is a miserable son of a bitch. <laughs> the dude is so mean. He hates ice cream. This guy this guy has walked out several times on, on promoters. This matchup was so good for Greg the Hammer Valentine and just not smart enough to understand it, man. I mean, I think I think I heard one time that, that Valentine was pissed off about not knowing how to play the guitar. I mean, bro, look, I got news for you, man. I, I don't want you to know how to play the guitar. I don't want you to know how to play it. I want you to fake it. And I want you to fake it as poorly as possible and then tell me how damn good you are at it. Like that's what I want to see. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think Valentine ever fully understood. Even all those years that he was in the WWF, and, and look, I'm just talking about listening to him on, on you know, uh, documentaries, podcasts, you know, exposés, whatever you want to call them. I don't know if that guy ever really understood what the WWF was about at that time. And it's a real shame because what's even, what's even worse about that is, bro, look across the ring at who your tag team partner is. How did you, how did you not get what it was that we were trying to put over that it was, I mean, honky talk man is the epitome of what the WWF was trying to do in the eighties. You, you still didn't get it. You just didn't yeah. get it. I mean, look, this is a, this is a, just a phenomenal pairing <laughs> of two talented guys. You know, you got, you got Dallas page driving the damn car to the ring, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. You got Jimmy Hart, another guy that is criminally underrated. I mean, uh, what, what is not, what is not awesome about this. Right. And I, I think, um, I think too, you know, we never, we never got that Hasbro. Of, uh, of of Greg Valentine with the black hair, but if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think that um, one of the um, one of the smaller studios is, is going to put that out right now, and then that that is definitely going to be um, going to be purchased on my end, that's for sure. But you know, I think um, in terms of um, in terms of a match to watch, I mean, the WrestleMania five match um, versus the Heart Foundation is good. It's really good. I mean, that, that's kind of that's kind of pre rhythm and blues, but it's still it's still honky in uh, in Valentine's. So that that's one to check out for sure. I, I love every I love your complete breakdown of that. That was incredible. I totally forgot that uh, Paige was the dude in the car driving the pink Cadillac down to the ring. I mean, what a song too. I mean, we talked we talked about the uh, the American Males theme song, but I mean that song with the with rhythm and blues. I mean that yeah. that honka honka honky love. I mean how great. Is that? <laughs> I mean, look, it's I, so I, good. I, I don't care about you not playing the guitar, man. I mean, look, just go out there and act like you're playing it and then tell me how good you are. That's what I want. You know what? We should do a top 10 on uh, theme songs. We should do a top 10 on guitar players and the rest. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Does Tanahashi make it on that list? Oh, yeah, dude. No doubt. We're going to put, we're putting Tanahashi. I mean, that's unbelievable. That dude. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right uh well yeah rhythm and blues is a great choice uh but it's it's that time we are at number one so my number one is edge and christian and you know i am a i know that you're not a huge lover of edge but i am and 
he this team the five second pose the the actual just team itself you know they were the brood and then they broke out of the brood and then they became you know actually e and c and they're they're awesome they were in their feud with the hardy boys and the fucking dudleys don't even get me started on the fucking dudleys but those three teams together made wrestling magic and you know well i'll give you a match that's obviously outside of the 1990s but that wrestlemania 2000 match is bonkers absolute bonkers a grade a uh match and you know one that would be in the 90s is the original tlc match that they had and that match was absolutely great too completely changed tag team wrestling forever and you know they were they were the perfect yin to the hardy's yang and you know they're still doing it today not together uh, obviously christians and AEW and edge is still doing it on wwe which i know that you mr andretti can't stand uh but you know i i love edge and christian they were incredible promos they did great backstage work but they really backed it up in the ring I don't think that dude's getting in the Observer Hall of Fame. I really don't. I, I think that this, this, him coming back for this run now, man, I don't know if it did anything at all for his, for his, his uh, shot to get in there, man. I really don't. But obviously, Christian is really good. He's obviously, you know, he's, he's, he's always been extremely talented. He's, he's doing a great job right now, too. But, you know, as a tag team, they were great. They were unbelievable. You know, absolutely super high. They should be, you know, I, I'm not shocked at all to have that you have them number one on, uh, on your list. So that, that definitely was, uh, you know, they were, they were, everything they did was great. Even the stuff with Gangrel was great. I, I loved them even mm-hmm. then. Arguably both of them, you know, the brood and the edge and Christian, two of the best theme songs of the attitude era. Yeah. Great theme songs. And yeah, I just, there's, you just, I can't say enough. It, I will say that edge like, yes, he may not get into the observer hall of fame and that might just be, you know, because of those, internet marks but i don't know it it didn't hurt it didn't help i mean with that you know 97 hour long match that him and randy orton had at that wrestlemania but and and, you know we really are not big lovers of beth phoenix here but he still got time he could turn it around i got faith in it okay Do you uh let's see let's hear your number one i'm ready all right we're 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 down to it here and hey hey it's 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 booyah baby it's the whole roma time again it's gonna be it's the power and the glory so hey look see you didn't you didn't think, you didn't think i was good enough of a storyteller to, to, to call this all back <laughs> to the slick spot at the top of the damn show did you i mean look this is just that's just one of the many bright spots I bring to this podcast, man. I mean, Allison's sure not doing that. She's not carrying that mantle, that's for sure. But this is uh, this is neither trigger tray with the dolphin stock either. But hey, this this is uh, absolutely my favorite tag team from the '90s, man. I mean, look at look at these guys. I mean, look at those sunglasses. I mean, they look like they look like the greatest '90s dudes of all time. You look, man, they, they're just they're just awesome, man. I bet those guys were probably they were just slaying rats all over the world. <laughs> Hercules just snagging them with the chain and, and pretty Paul just making sweet Italian love to all the rats. I mean, they, look, there's there's nothing involving slick that isn't the greatest thing of all time. Right. I mean, this combo here of the three of them is just so awesome, dude. You got the strongest guy in the world, another guy who was totally underrated. Right. And, and you got this agile, good looking dude. 
I mean, look, that Paul Roma's so good, dude. I mean, let me let me tell you, let me tell you a quick story about that Mania Seven match, the one where where they took on the LOD. I got into a legit argument with my buddy Josh and my buddy Paul at the time we were in elementary school over that feud. And I was, I was 100% convinced power and glory. were going to totally destroy the Legion of Doom in WrestleMania. And when it, when they got massacred, I was so pissed off, dude. I almost, <laughs> I almost broke. I, I, I borrowed, I borrowed the VHS tape from somebody the day after the, after the WrestleMania, cause I didn't, I didn't get it. And I remember watching that, watching that, uh, that VHS tape. I was so mad after they got killed in that match. I don't think I watched the rest of the, the rest of the mania that night, but I mean, look, man, Vince pass the torch, dude, the Legion of Doom are over the hill. Give it to the power and the glory, man. They're, they're the tag team that should have taken off. I mean, the, the, uh, the, the SummerSlam 90 opening match, they completely annihilate Marty Jannetty. They, they take, they take Shawn Michaels out of the match early. Proven once again that Paul Roma is is way better than Shawn Michaels and everything <laughs> in the world. And, and I'm gonna and look, man. I'm I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. Power and the glory. They're they're the best team of the '90s. Another another really good match of them. I mean, the, the uh, a year later, the SummerSlam '91 match, uh, the trios match, the opening match is Power and Glory and the Warlord. I mean, dude, take my money, please take. My, I mean, Power and Glory and the Warlord. I mean, that 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 is a fever dream. For me, when I was a kid, and they, they end up losing the Bulldog in, in Steamboat and in Carrie Von Eric. But look, man, as a as a ten year old, I was all the way in on Power and Glory. I'm, I'm pretty sure I even made a homemade T-shirt um, with the with the red marker. I, I can't I can't remember if I went with Power or or Power Power or Glory on the uh, on the front of the team, man. But I mean, what a what a time to be alive watching those dudes. I should have known. I should have known that it was going to be the power and the glory. I love it. I absolutely love your list. Uh, all right. So uh, I'm going to run through uh, my top 10 uh, one last time. So uh, at number 10, I have Marty Jannetty and the one, two, three kid. Uh, number nine, I got the American males. Uh, number eight, I have the Hollywood blondes. Seven, I have the Steiners. Six, smoking guns. Five, the Hardy Boys, four, APA, three, Dudes with Attitudes, two, Outsiders, and number one, I have Edge and Christian. Would you want to go over your uh, your 10 here? I mean, yeah, that's a heck of a list for sure. So my my number 10, I've got a tie. I had Stars and Stripes, Patriot and Bagwell, and they were they were tied up with uh, Furnace and the Fawn on the Can-Am Express. Uh, my number nine um, was also a tie. I had the Impact Players. Um, Just Incredible and Lance Storm, and they were tied with the Headbangers. Uh, number eight, I also had a tie at number eight. So <laughs> Yoke, Owen, Owen Hart and Yokozuna uh, tied up with the Heavenly Bodies. And, and that was the incarnation of, of, of Dr. Tom and uh, Gigolo Jimmy. And then number seven, I had the Beverly Brothers. Again, Mike Enos, I love you, buddy. I hope you're hearing this. I, 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 hope, I hope you're doing well, man. <laughs> number, uh, number six, Vicious and Delicious, Bagwell again, and uh, Scott Flash Norton. Uh, number five, I had the Miracle Violence Connection, better known as Terry Bam Bam Gordy and Dr. Death Steve Williams. Number four, Pretty Wonderful, uh, Pretty Paul Roma and uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Number three, I had the Faces of Fear, Barbarian and Meng. Uh, number two, I had Rhythm and Blues. I don't care what Greg the Hammer Valentine thinks. <laughs> Shut up, Valentine. You're an idiot. You should listen to me. Uh, that was a hell of a tag team and you're a moron. So Greg the Hammer <laughs> Valentine, a honky talk man. It should have been a lot better than what they were. 
Valentine, you're an idiot. Yeah, I hope you I hope you hear that. Number, number one, I've got Power and Glory, number one, the Slickster, Hercules, Paul Roma. You can't go wrong with that, man. You want to know what else you can't go wrong with? The fact that you created a slick custom during COVID. Yes, I did. I absolutely did. Love it. As well as many others. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, but yeah, that was our top 10. And uh, I, I, what a, what a list of 20 tag teams we threw together there. Yeah. I love I, it. I had, I had three extra. So we had 23. Yes. 23. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so we don't want to kill. We are going to kill the punchline. We got the Halloween super show coming up and we're going to be introducing someone, uh, someone new, a first timer here on the pods. He, he's going to join us here on the Halloween super show. And uh, he's a podcast veteran, that guy. He is a podcast veteran. What are what can uh, what can these people expect from the Halloween Super Show? Well, I think we're still kind of working out the details, but it's going to be it's going to be basically the three of us are going to come up with a list of of some some spooky uh, spooky wrestling things or some or some uh, specifically Halloween type things with uh, with with wrestling. Love it, love it. And uh, do you have anything else you would like to plug before? No, man, you know, I appreciate it again. You know, the, the, the show keeps getting better, man. It really does. I mean, even the, the Dolphin shows, I'm not even a Dolphins fan. I still enjoy, you know, listening to those podcasts. But, you know, it's, all, it's always awesome to chop it up, you know, with another, uh, another Victory Pro fan, you know, <laughs> as you are. But, I mean, look, I, I know you guys, are, you guys are doing the documentary thing too, you and Allison. But if you're, if you're looking for um, a documentary to review, I would check out on Netflix the Murder Among the Mormons is pretty is pretty interesting so i would check that out uh you know what i think we actually watched that one okay or i i think we started it you know, i can't remember but i feel like i've we at least started that one but yeah for sure cool. yeah uh well thank you for coming uh back on to the pod ski we uh we got a lot of good stuff coming up we got the super show and we'll have another top 10 for you next month and as always thank you mr andretti yeah, I mean, and everybody out there, don't be afraid to combine a, a fat burner with an energy. I mean, you can always go, you can, you can go back right now and listen to another podcast right now after finishing up this one. That's how you start to really build strength. Absolutely. That's the, yep, you can, you, you can do it from a chair and then you can graduate to standing up. That's how Arthur started all his workouts. Yep. Maybe someday you can do the Black Crow. <laughs> hey, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Brother. Got to give AZ Jarhead a huge shout out for coming on to the Podski again. Really enjoy doing these top tens with him. And we're going to be doing that much more. We're probably going to be doing that well, once every month, except for whenever we do the Halloween Super Show. And you'll get more of Justin Andretti. And very, very excited for everything that we're doing here on the Podski. We surpassed our... 500 downloads mark we're on the way to 1k so all of this would not be uh, possible without all of you listeners out there so thank you for listening continue to download rate review and subscribe to the podski on whatever device you're listening to whatever service you're listening to it really helps me out i don't know how it helps me out but it helps me out makes me feel good at least so uh but thank you for all of the support and the listens 
and all the feedback. We're we're constantly making efforts. It's getting better and better each week. We will be a polished product sometime down the road. But uh, thank you, and make sure you're checking us out on Twitter at the underscore Podski, on Instagram at the underscore Podski, on Facebook as the Podski with John Baker. Uh, I'm posting every time we put an episode up. If you're not sure when there's going to be episodes up, if you don't find them in your feed automatically, they will be for sure posted on there. I post them as soon as we go live. So hopefully you're checking that out. And thank you for listening to this week's episode. And we can't wait to see you on Sunday for another episode of That's So Dolphins Talk. And we will see you next week on The Podski.